0: Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chappell, along with
1: Artemis right, Brower.
0: We're coming to you this week with episode 88.
1: Artie, that's such a mean number. Round, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are we doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm doing excellent. Cannot complain at all. Awesome. Real awesome. Good. good. Good to hear. Uh, so, Artie,
0: number 88. This one, this one holds a special place in my heart. I think you've heard okay. the story. Uh, about me and Michael Irvin, my, my personal story with Michael Irvin. Yeah. Have you, have I told you this story?
1: I, I think you have, but go ahead and refresh my memory.
0: So, uh, Michael Irvin and I once crossed paths in the Atlanta airport. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to my connecting flight. He was going to his connecting flight and, uh, he and I bumped shoulders, like literally yeah. bumped shoulders, like boom, like. He looked like he, w- he was coming across the middle, and I was, I was a safety coming across and, and about to pop him. And, uh, yeah, we bumped shoulders and gave each other the nastiest looks. Yeah. Like, I gave him a look like, yo, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I've been flying all, all morning already. <laughs> Don't look at me <laughs> I, that way. Not
1: knowing this is a Hall of Fame wide receiver you just bumped into. And he
0: looked at me the same way. And we, we both mean mugged each other, didn't say a word, and I kept going. <laughs> and then I, I took three steps, and I looked back, and I realized I looked back at his bag. He had a Dallas Cowboys bag. I was like, oh, my gosh. I just <laughs> ran into Michael Irvin. Holy shit. And, uh, yeah, that, that's my story with Michael Irvin. Uh, so shout out, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champ,
1: one-time All-Pro, five-time yes, Pro Bowl. So, yeah, Michael Irvin, number hey, 88. That's that's the busiest airport in the country. So I mean, you're you're bound to knock into somebody famous and just not even realize it. So yeah, I'm pretty sure because he, he's on what Sunday night football,
0: Monday night football. I can't remember. Yeah, well, well I don't I don't know which one he's, he's on. He's on Sunday
1: night football. Okay, I think so. I I, I know um, he he makes his rounds, uh, you know, across all these sports. I, I,
0: I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he's on Sunday night football. I don't I don't really care, but yeah, he uh he, he was coming from I guess a, a Sunday night football game and flying through Atlanta going home and I was going wherever I was going I was probably coming back home but yeah uh Michael Irvin um already <laughs> we got we got a pretty big show on, on tap uh we got a but let's let's talk EC basketball first real quick I don't want to talk much about it we've talked yeah. enough about it over the past couple of weeks EC yeah, basketball we
1: sucks yeah we know what's going on yeah it, it it's, it's not good it's not it's, it's going nowhere fast it's not getting any better as, as it pertains right now. Uh, the only thing new that I have to say is that Joe Dooley's seat is, is heating up. I didn't know he was making a million dollars a year. I didn't know it was that much. Uh, when you pay a coach a million dollars a year, I don't care where you're at. Uh, I don't care if it's Duke, Carolina, wherever. If you're paying a, a, a you know a coach over or north of a million dollars a year, the results can't be what we got right now. <laughs> they just, Exactly. They, they, they cannot be where we're sitting right now. So his 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 seat is heating up. And it's getting to the point where it's almost burning hot. So, yeah, he's got to figure
0: it, he's got to figure it out somehow. ECU's playing uh, Tulsa tonight. Um, we're recording on Tuesday night, uh, February eighth, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. So, Artie, <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say his seats heating up. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I earlier in the year we said no, it's not time to panic. This is a tough stretch. But to lose games the way they're losing them, they're, mm-hmm. they're not even competitive, right? I mean, they're, these games aren't competitive. I mean, if ECU falls below five hundred and finishes the season below five hundred after the start they had, I mean, I, I don't see how he make. I don't see how he makes it through the end of the year or at post this year. Like, I, I just don't see how how it happens, yeah. um, especially when he's doing another 250,000 uh i believe in june so yeah he something's got to be done
1: um i don't i don't know because i mean it's 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 not so much about the losses i mean obviously it is about wins and losses but it's more so about the way you're losing you know i'm 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 upset we're upset because of the way we're losing if we're losing a bunch of heartbreak you know You know, last second, you know, they got to heave up something and and beat us at at the buzzer. That's one thing. But to just not show any effort, not show any heart, compassion, any of that, um, it's just really disheartening. And, you know, it it didn't help that, you know, I I saw a Virginia squad going to Cameron Indoor and have a guy by the name of Jaden Gardner go in there and kind of go off. (laughs) And He he led the team in points and and rebounds, I believe, last night. Yeah, he he led Virginia, who was on his way back up. Now Virginia is a team in ACC that's that's creeping back in to contention to win the whole thing as far as the ACC goes, and he's kind of the catalyst for that. Leading that squad went into Cameron Indoor and beat Duke, so it, it's just mm, it's not looking yeah. good for basketball.
0: So yeah, Joe Dooley. Um, I mean, you're he seems like a great guy, but I mean his butt's got to be burning because his seat is red hot right now. Yeah um already you talked about a million dollars how about how about another guy making a million dollars for uh for a one weekend how how crazy is that a million dollars harold varner the yes, third finally sir. finally breaks through gets his first pro win now it's not on the pga tour um that we, we won't get into the politics behind the the saudi invitational and whatnot right Mm -hmm. but to to break through and get your first pro win i mean that's massive um i mean it's something that it's been a long time coming i believe he's been on tour for five years now finally got finally got his first pro win um but a million dollar prize money uh for winning the saudi invitational
1: that i mean that's that's no small uh small change right and, and just, I want to talk about that putt for a second. I mean, a 90, a 92 footer. I watched it Jared. live. I watched it live. Jared, he sunk a 92 From footer outside the green. the green for Eagle to win the damn thing. That was that
0: was incredible. The, the only shot I've ever seen that's better than that one, and I, I didn't even really see it, was when you uh chipped out of a bunker on, <laughs> on nine at a, at a Muni course that we were playing one time. Yeah. And, and went right in the hole. I, I didn't even see that, but yeah. You see, that was luck. I, I'm not a professional. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That's the best I, shot I've ever hit, but that was luck. I think anytime you hit a
1: 92-foot putt, I mean, there's a lot of luck that goes into that. Yeah, that is a lot of luck, too. You're right. That's definitely a lot of luck. But he but he did it, and he won it. Like, he won it, and he became a millionaire, and he's now ranked 45th in the entire world. We're talking about the ECU Alumni Ranked forty fifth in the world when it comes to his sport, which is it's very hard to be top fifty as a golfer and stay there. So, yeah,
0: we get it. we get asked a lot of times, like who's our white whale? Who do we want on the podcast? Harold Varner the yes. third is a dude we absolutely we're working we're 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 working on it. So many DMs, so many emails, talking to agent. Talk- I've I've talked to his agent quite a bit. Yeah, we're we're gonna get it um, eventually. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> hv3 that putt though i mean at some point a 92 foot putt no matter how good you are there's a lot of luck that goes into it the the yeah. golf gods were looking down on him uh this past sunday and he he's he sunk the putt man like i i was I, w- I was in the kitchen cooking breakfast and, I'll, I'll that, I'll, I'll, and i I watched that oh and i jumped i was like oh my gosh like like i was thinking oh he's gonna he's gonna get it up there try to get it to four or five feet, try to make birdie to tie it and send it to a playoff. But all of a sudden here it goes and it rolls right in. And I was like, Oh my gosh, man. Um, so yeah, congratulations. HV um, three. It, it's awesome. It, it was an awesome putt. It's been kind of the talk around the the golf world mm-hmm. over the past, uh, past couple of days, but um Yeah.
1: Wow. I, I just hope he can carry this momentum and, and continue to build off of his success because, you know, we we want h 3 to be somebody that's, you know, not just winning these tournaments every now and then. and has a good moment every now and then. we want him to be a mainstay, be consistent, be in there with, you know, the, the bubbles and the, and, the, and the other guys, you know, the, the bright Bryson DeChambeau's and, you know, all those guys. So we want him to be a mainstay. So hopefully he can maintain this momentum and, and, and keep it rolling. Yeah, and he he's playing
0: this weekend in the Waste Management. Already, that is on my bucket list to get to. Uh, yeah, that's out in so, Phoenix, right? Yeah, it, it's in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, wherever. But it is one of the best golf tournaments to go to. I mean, yeah. talking about fun, it, it's a true sports atmosphere where people are yelling, chanting, screaming. Already, you and I need to put that on our bucket list and get out to Phoenix and and go go see that uh go see that tournament
1: absolutely one one day we we just gotta do it and we got to we got a brother out there too we got a we got a fraternity brother out there that you know we can kind of hit up if we ever For get sure. out there so we'll definitely we're definitely gonna hit that up but he's uh
0: it just came out he's gonna be on the he's gonna be in the featured group on friday harold varner um uh i believe on espn plus mm-hmm. uh, uh, if i'm not mistaken so yeah, check that out. Um, HV three that he tees off on Friday at like ten o'clock, a.m. Uh, that may be Pacific time since he, it's in Arizona. So, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll we'll tweet out the we'll tweet out the specifics once we know more. Um, but already we we got an awesome interview on on tap for for the podcast. We got two awesome interviews on tap. Um, the first of which is EC linebacker Miles Berry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he joined us for the podcast. Uh, and so let's uh, let's go ahead and send it over to that. How about how do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right. So here is our interview with none other than ECU linebacker Miles Barry. This week on the Boneyard podcast, we are excited to have on none other than ECU linebacker Miles Barry. Miles, how's it going, my man?
2: Hey, it's going great. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, you're in Greenville. You're, you're. Um, are are you are y'all doing workouts right now, or, or how's that going on?
2: Yeah. So the off season started about three weeks ago. Uh, so we're working out strong on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We lift on Tuesday and Thursdays. We run. Gotcha. Yeah, and those are all morning workouts, six a.m., six thirty.
0: Gotta love that, Big John's got y'all. Big John's got y'all getting right though, right? Yeah,
2: most definitely. You know, we uh, you know, very high intensity in there. You know, throwing weights around. So it's good to be back. You know, we had a good break, good little winter break, especially after the bowl game. So it's good to be back and back with the boys, just grinding hard.
1: No, you know, you going into your senior year, you know, what's what's the expectation for Miles Berry? You know, for for this for this upcoming season, what do you what are you trying to accomplish personally?
2: Uh. Personally, I just, I just want to be the best me, you know, I just want to, I, I want to do anything it takes to, you know, help the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I really just want to be that leader, just, you know, coming to that role, I want I want it to be my defense. You know, yeah. I really do. And uh, all the other personal goals will take care of itself once that's handled. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah.
0: So you, you talked about the, the uh, you talked about the ball game and I mean, yeah, Unfortunately, like yeah. the, the the game didn't get played. uh You've got another year to to get after it. What what kind of? I mean, you're 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 an older statesman in the in the locker room now. What what's kind of what are you saying to the team going into next year to to hopefully get back to that to that point?
2: Yeah. Well, this is the first off season since I've been here where it's like we have something to truly build on. So. I think the main thing right now is just not being complacent. You know, We, we don't want to be complacent and say, yeah, we had a seven-win season last year and and we're just going to do everything we did last year to get right back to it. No, we got we to gotta work to be even better so we can have a 10-11 you know, uh, win season this year. So really just not being complacent, getting better every day um, and, and being in that attack mode so, so we can stack days.
1: No, and, and I'm happy you brought that up because, you know, as, as far as, you know, getting better, because this was a 7-5 and five team, made it to a bowl game, coming off, you know, a, a really bad spell of, of seasons where, you know, we weren't where we wanted to be. So going into next season, I mean, is, is the American Conference Championship getting to that, getting to a better bowl game? Is, is that a realistic goal in that locker room? Is that something that the guys are like, hey, like, we, we can really do this. If we put together a good run, we can okay. see ourselves competing
2: for a conference championship. Most definitely. That's the goal. I mean, it was the yeah. goal last year. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. been the goal. And, and we, we, we did it. We had a great year, you know, we had a good yeah. year. And, and now that we see that we have the potential to, you know, do that and, and be on that level we're we're chasing that, we're chasing that conference championship and we're chasing a, an even better bowl this year than a military bowl. Gotcha.
0: For sure. So, uh, Miles, you, you come you come from Greensboro. We're we're both three three six boys um, yeah. here on the podcast. I, I'd like to know so coming out of Dudley, what, what was what was the recruitment like, and and what made you decide on ECU?
2: Okay, so um, I got a lot of my offers junior year um mm-hmm. out of Dudley, and I had around I think I had around seven or eight offers. Um, ECU was definitely my most attractive offer and um what led me to coming here is number one they had my major um i graduated with a degree in industrial logistics and supply chain this past december so they had my major and and that was that was number one for me and they were it was close to home but not close enough to where i feel like my parents can just pull up on me but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't far enough to way where i felt like hey i'm so far from home you know mm-hmm. So that and then and then lastly, they, they liked me, you know, like I really I love the coaching staff. I loved uh, Coach Mo and Coach Prunty and Coach Lynch. Those were the people who recruited me. And and they, they saw where I was going to be a, a definite benefit to the team. And I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to be appreciated. Yeah. So that's why I decided to commit. And, you know, more, more specifically speaking on Dudley, uh, mm-hmm.
1: Because you know that's such a prestigious high school football program. Yeah. You know when you when you think of high school football in Greensboro, it's Dudley, yeah. and, and then it's everybody else. after yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. What was it, what was it like playing for that program and and being a Panther?
2: Okay, so at first I actually transferred into Dudley. So my first two football seasons, my freshman year, half of my sophomore year, was at High Point Andrews. So okay. I was there, and then I transferred to Dudley uh the second half of my sophomore year, and it was it was different the culture it's it's a certain culture it's a certain um swagger you know that Mm -hmm. comes with being a Dudley Panther and I I loved it I embraced it uh my teammates embraced me and I was able to I was able to really do a lot of great things on that team and and end up with a scholarship multiple scholarships yeah that's awesome
0: now Miles, you, you talked about graduating with with your degree um obviously you still you mm-hmm. still got some time to build build your resume I mean you've got a pretty outstanding resume right now um af- after college uh, I'm guessing are you are you thinking of going to the draft
3: Yeah
2: if if God if if it's if it's on my path to go and and I'm blessed to get an opportunity I would definitely go and now I just I'm just living in the moment, trying to trying to uh, have the best year that I can have for myself. You know, be the best teammate this year, graduate next year with my master's, and then if it if it happens or so I'm fortunate enough to be able to enter the draft, and I'll I'll be in it
0: for sure. And so you talked about ECU having your major and and wanting to to major in industrial distribution and logistics. Uh, what what kind of led you to choose that major?
4: I'm sorry,
2: you you cut out a little bit. Can you repeat that, please?
0: Yeah, so uh, I said uh, you you chose industrial distribution and, and logistics. I mean, okay. you said that was something that you knew that ECU had. What what made you want to pursue that and and study that in college? I I think that's an interesting. Um, degree to get, I mean, you don't, you don't see many athletes going after that degree.
2: Yeah. So it it was actually brought to my attention by my father. My, my father has had a couple clients who were in the logistics and supply chain field. And he, he just brought it to my attention. And he was like, it's a very, it's a growing industry. It's kind of behind the scenes. You won't really see it unless you know what you're looking for. But he was like, just check it out and do some research. And I did that and I ended up really falling in love with it. I've always been business and math oriented. And once I figured out, you know, everything that involved logistics and supply chain and just moving products nationally, internationally around the world is just I just loved it. I fell in love with it. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no. Miles, you know, sadly, you have had to deal with personal tragedy you know, over the last mm-hmm. few months, you know, losing your father. You know, how has football, your teammates, you know, your coaches kind of helped you through that? Yeah, it was uh,
2: it was a tough time uh, last September, but really, uh, I just I just had to put one foot forward and I just yeah. had to keep moving. Um, football was my therapy. It, it was. It still is. You know, it was a way for me to escape what was going on into the world and just lock in and be able to play and play for my teammates and and put it all on the line for them. And and it really did help me. They were there. They were so supportive for me. My teammates, my line brothers, you know, my coaches, they were always there. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's really what helped. And and they're still here today, you know, and and I still think about my dad every day. But I know that he, you know, one of the last things he told me is, you know, I just want you to keep moving. I'm proud of you. Just keep going. You know, keep grinding. And, And that's what I do. So, but yeah, they, they definitely, my teammates, my, my coaches, my OBs, they, they mean the world to me and they, they helped me. Yeah. It definitely helped me do that. Love to hear that. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you've had a great career and I mean, you had, I believe it was 23 solo tackles. I want to say 53 total tackles this year. Um, it seemed like the defense was more physical this year. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What what would you say has gone into that? And um, is that something that is that one of your favorite parts of your game?
2: Um definitely one of the favorite parts of my game. I love being able to be physical and, and and just physically dominate somebody on the up the opposing side of the ball. But I can really I I can base it off a lot of different reasons. Number one, our strength, our strength staff is phenomenal and they put us in the best shape of our lives. Um, that's one physically and mentally. I feel like mentally we're a we're a veteran team. We're an older team. So you see that in our play and you see that in in the way we carry ourselves on and off the field. Um, but yeah, that's that's really I can truly say that's really probably the top two. You know, we're just being a veteran team, knowing how to play, knowing how to practice and and then being in the best shapes of our lives. That's definitely that's where you can see it on the field.
1: Yeah, and and you know, you know, kind of continuing on, you know, with defense. You know, the last couple of years, obviously, you know, defensively we have not been where we wanted to be. Last year we took such a huge step forward, and you know, we are losing some guys in Warren and Jaquan McMillan who are you know going on to play in the pros. Yeah. How do you know? How do you think this defense can get better? Do you think they can get stronger? You know, do you like what are what are the steps you think they're going to take and you guys are going to take to get better
2: even you know for next year? Really, just. Uh perfecting our perfecting our craft and, and becoming more football savvy, just continuing to develop that IQ. You mm-hmm. know? So where not only do, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and my role in the defense, but I also know another person's role in a position. Mm-hmm. I know how the defense, and we have a lot of guys that are, are ready to step up and fill those roles, you know? So you know we might lose somebody else but another guy is ready he's ready to work and and with all of that and developing that football IQ we're going to be a hard we're going to be a hard defense to to score on
0: for sure and i mean I, i'm glad you brought that up because there, there's a lot of guys waiting in the wings um who who's maybe one guy that you're looking looking to, to really step up and and fill one of those uh vacant roles next year um coming in, in into the new season
2: Um, one guy I can say in my room, yeah. One guy I can say in my room is Taylor Jackson. He's a uh, redshirt freshman, um, and I just know him because he's in my room. I, mm-hmm. I know him very well. He's a guy since we we lost two linebackers last year, and Bruce and and Aaron. He's going to be a key guy to step up and fill fill the fill that role in uh, for linebacker. Um, we have a lot of DBs. We have a lot of corners, and Demel Hickman. Who's ready to play and step up? Since uh, Jaquan and No, and, and uh, we have some young safeties ready to step up for DJ and Warren. It's going to be a, you're going to see a lot of new guys, maybe some new names this year. But they're they're ready, you know, they're ready, and 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 we're ready to to do big things this year. Gotcha.
1: Now, Miles, kind of a fun question for you because you know, okay. I, I know. The, the the pregame ritual is, is is a must. You know, you gotta have you know your pregame music, you gotta have the swag, yeah. you gotta have all that going for you. Yeah. Um so if you could only have one song or one artist that you mm-hmm. gotta listen to before you hit the field, who is that?
2: Mm, all right, let me let me I'm gonna pull it, <laughs> <this.
1: 'Cause laughs> you I, got
2: it? I like I like music. Like music is yeah.
1: Like, I and I know for me when I was playing football, I was big. Like, I had to
2: have my soundtrack huge. ready.
1: It's huge.
2: Okay. Um, can I give a top three? Is a top three? Fine? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Three? Okay. All right. So, I'm gonna
3: definitely go Gunna. I'm gonna okay. go Gunna. Mm. This is tough. We're gonna go Gunna.
2: We're gonna go Future. Yeah, and... that's I'm a must. I'm, I'm gonna throw in a wild one because. Sometimes I like to be hype, but I also like to be chill, mm-hmm. kind of getting my mind right. So we'll go, Drake. I was about to okay. say that okay. we'll go Drake. Okay. You can't wrong. Drake, yeah. <laughs> Drake is gonna, you know, Drake is a lot of people think Drake is like this only this lover boy type dude, but Drake is very cocky. I mean, he's, yeah. he's very yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna talk his talk, you know, and, and that's that's kind of how I am entering a game. You know, I like I'm it. quiet, but I'm I'm ready. I have a chip on my shoulder.
1: I like that three. It's a good three. Now
0: to keep yeah, it keep it fun, to keep it fun, I've I've asked some of your teammates uh, to give us some questions for you. Mm. Okay. Okay. One of them asked when uh when are you going to retire? Or get rid of the middle school swag.
4: F- <laughs>
2: I bet you I bet you whoever said that Doesn't have better swag than me on this <laughs> do, you,
0: you want to take you want to take, take a guess at uh, Who asked mm-hmm. that
2: I don't even want I don't want to take a guess And then it'd be wrong So just, just it, tell It's alright It's Warren Sabah uh, Yeah That's Warren yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm taking my, digs at people Me and Warren Me and Warren Are like Every every time pregame I, I'll come to his locker He'll come to mine And be like "Miles." what you wearing, like, what you wearing, like, you know, (laughs) just so we're not looking the same, but trust and believe he's, he's jocking my swag. He's jocking my swag. Definitely. Love it. Um,
0: And then the next one, uh, the person asked, how long are you going to let your dreads grow?
2: Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know.
0: Uh, You want to take a stab at who, who asked that? X. No, it it was uh, Aaron.
2: Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I really just, I love having locks, you know, I, I love them. Um, so we'll see. I might come a point in time in the next, next couple of years. No, probably. No, not 2023, not 2024, maybe 2025 down the road. You know, I might, I might make a switch, but until then only time will sell. And how That's long, long have you, how, how long have you had them? This is year five. I locked up right before, or like right when I got the ECU in twenty eighteen, like right before. So um, yeah, going on year five now. Well, they look good. Now. They look good. Yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Do. Appreciate it. I get them done again Thursday, so I can't wait for that. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Now, Aaron, I, I always like to ask. He, he's a friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to. Um, I mean, he, he's a great guy, Coach Harold. Okay. I mean, we we had him on the podcast uh, about a year and a half ago. A year ago, um, talk about like what he's done with the defense. I mean, he he came in. Now y'all've had him for two two seasons. Um, talk about how kind of like he's changed the defense.
2: Really, it's it it's his energy. He has. He's younger, and and he he brings a different like energy level. To our defense and and that's what we really needed. You know, we really needed a a guy with maybe a a younger mentality, a younger mindset to bring in a defense that works for us, you know, so where we're not working for the defense, but the defense is working for us. And I think he's done a great job at that. And um, going into the third year of this defense, you know, I just can't wait to see how much better we're going to be, you know, playing in it. And uh, but yeah, he's done a great job. You know, I just just actually had a meeting with him earlier today, just going over some things and um, you know, I, I really I really appreciate him for being here. Got you. Yeah.
1: Now, Moss, I don't I don't know if you had a chance to look at the schedule yet, but you know, going into your last season, what game are you kind of looking forward to the most? I know you know players love to play all of them, but but yeah. which one you know are you kind of looking forward to the most?
2: Honestly, and I know I know it's gonna sound cliche, you know, I'm worried about the first game because it's mm. the one. But that NC State game, that's the only, yeah. you know, like NC State, they're going to be ranked top 10 going into this year. You know, they're an hour and some change away, you know, so i they're, the NC State fans are going to travel. Dowdy is going to be packed. You know, I just, that's going to be an electric game. I can't wait for it. Like, I really, I can't wait for that. So, yeah. hands down, it's going to, it's NC State.
1: I feel like that was the only right answer. I'm happy you said yeah, that. Hands yeah, hands down, NC
2: State. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um, Now, I'd I'd love to know. So, I mean, y'all got a trip out to Utah next year. BYU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On on those long flights, what what are you doing on the flight to kind of kill time?
2: Um, So I'm either listening to music. It's three things. It really just depends on the mood. Um, I'm definitely listening to music. I might sleep or if I like pre downloaded a movie or a series I'll just be binging that, especially on those long flights. Our longest flights are usually like our flight to Houston was like two uh, two hours forty five minutes, so i on those long flights i I'll probably just watch a movie and that'll that'll knock out a lot of that time, yeah
4: yeah
0: for sure yeah uh, i does anybody do they play do players play games or Card games anything like that is that any of that
2: going yeah, on not really not really on the plane because we really don't have space for that but sure. once we get in a hotel and we're settled after meetings we definitely plan spades plan uno you know that's that's almost a weekly thing you know gotta gotta bring out the space friday night
0: now i, I was called my, my family loves to bring it up i was called cheating in Uno, when I was like, "Yeah, I, I was hiding Uno, no. cards." How? I, I, I was hiding cards. We, oh, we won't get oh, into the weeds oh, okay. of it, but yeah. uh, who, who's? uh Is there anybody ever trying to pull a slick one when, when you all are playing games, playing
2: cards? Mm. Really, it's hard. To, see, I'm I'm not at the Uno table. I'm at the Spades table, so it's really hard okay. to pull a slick one on the Spades because yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching those cars to make sure you don't renege. So if you try <laughs> one on me, I'm probably going to catch it. Um, So now I, most of our games are always fair, you know, so I, I can't really name anybody. Got you.
1: Now, Miles, since you, are, since you are a local kid, you know, product of the 336, you know, whenever you're back home, what's a local spot you got to hit up that, that not too many people might not, not, mm-hmm. not know about when you're back home?
2: Lux. I'm gonna okay. go to Lux. Yeah, I, I love Lux. I love Lux. If I'm in the mood for like, you know, some wings, some mac and cheese, some yams. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love the Juice Shop. It's a smoothie spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I could campaign to get a Juice Shop in Greenville, I would do so. <laughs> I, I love Juice Shop. Uh, I, my personally, I think it's one of the best smoothies in Greensboro. Yeah. Um, what's another spot?
3: Um. Probably
2: Dame's. I'll probably go to Dame's. Can't with go wrong. I
1: was just there last weekend.
2: Can't so. go wrong with Dame's. Yeah. So I think those three meals can go sporadically throughout the day. So yeah, yeah That's that's like definitely it. my top three. Like it.
0: now, now the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. Uh, who who, who are
2: you pulling for? <sighs> what what you on? I'm 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 honestly torn. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I'm torn because. My boy, uh, Deontay, Deontay mm-hmm. Smith is playing for the Bengals now, you know, so I, I would love for him to come that flash in a ring, you know, a Super Bowl ring. That'll that'll be great. Um, but I'm also, I love Jalen Ramsey and that defense. Well, I've loved Jalen Ramsey since I was in middle school because I used to play DB. I used to emulate my game after Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So I've been a have been a Ramsey fan and, and through Ramsey, I've liked the Rams. So honestly, I might just be a I, I might just be watching yeah. just to see some great football. I can't I can't pick a side. Understandable, understandable. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Now, uh, Miles, we 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 like to ha- ask one question to all of our guests, and at least all the guests that have lived in Greenville for some time. I'm sure you've been to this spot. Have you been to Sup Dogs? Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. So so this this is a good question for you then. Okay. What is your one go-to order when you go to Sub Dogs?
2: Um, I don't know exactly like the name of it, but it's it's really just a standard like bacon cheeseburger. Um, okay. Yeah, just bacon cheeseburger with lettuce, mayo, tomato, um, and I love their fries. I love mm-hmm. subdogs Dogs fries. Um, that with the sub sauce or the sauce that they have on the side, that with a, with a good lemonade or pink lemonade, and I'm good to go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right, that's my go-to. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, Miles, thank you again for joining
0: us on the Boneyard Podcast. It's been a real thank pleasure. you for me, man. I
2: appreciate
0: best, it. Best of luck through, uh, through workouts uh, preseason and, and summer camp and, and going into the
2: preseason next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on closer to the season. Yeah, most definitely. Month. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, uh, like I said, pleasure, pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, we definitely have to do this again.
0: And, Absolutely. and, we'll, uh, go ahead, go ahead and plug where people can find you on, on social media, Twitter, Instagram.
2: Okay. Um, uh, my Instagram is ESPN's Finest with an underscore, well, with two underscores. My Twitter is ESPN's Finest with an underscore. Um, that's really the two social medias yeah. I use. I don't really post on TikTok, I just be on it. <laughs> those, yeah. those are my two main social medias though awesome awesome well miles thank you again thank you man have a great RJ, day you too. you too
0: once again that was our interview with ecu linebacker miles barry now friend of the podcast uh artie what, what were your thoughts with after talking with
1: miles yeah, man, entertaining. Love talking to him. Anytime we can get a 336 kid on the show, um, it's always gonna be a good time. I don't I think that might have been the first guy we've had from Greensboro that plays for ECU on the show. I don't I can't think of anybody else that we might have had that came from Greensboro, played yeah. in, you know, high school ball in Greensboro, then went to ECU.
0: I mean, the closest we would we would have is Bryce Williams, uh who yeah. It's from my hometown, Lexington, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, so went to my, uh, high school. So yeah,
1: love getting his perspective. Love talking to him, and uh, wish him all the best for this upcoming season. Because we're gonna need him. We're gonna need his leadership. We're gonna need his talent. So now that that, love
0: that that was our first uh, active ECU athlete that we've had yes. on the podcast. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, th- that that was really cool. Um, so yeah, Artie, uh, we got some, we got some things that we don't want to talk about. Uh, yeah that it, we got some tough news uh CJ Johnson uh ECU wide receiver it was announced i believe it was third, friday or saturday that he was uh he he was being suspended indefinitely from the ECU football team um it's unfortunate we i all know who all knows the situation there there was a image that was circulating we don't need to go into all the details but um it, it was incriminating. Yes. Un- unfortunately, I mean, you, you got a star wide receiver who uh was, was doing something he, he shouldn't have been doing, knowing that he he's a he's an ECU athlete, knowing he's a student athlete, um, knowing that he's probably gonna be held to a to a higher standard than most uh students at ECU. So it, it it's unfortunate um considering that. He was supposed to be I mean he, he was going to be the leader in, in mm-hmm. the wide receiver room this year. Um, and now that's in jeopardy. He suspended indefinitely. There's an opportunity that he could come back and, and rejoin the Pirates and, and rejoin the program as long as he as long as he fits into everything that the, the coaching staff and his teammates have laid out for him to, to do. Um, so the, there's still an opportunity that CJ Johnson's time at, at ECU isn't done. But um, at the current point, Artie, it's not looking great.
1: It it absolutely sucks. Th- that's the only thing I, c- I can say about it. it. It just sucks. You hit on it. I mean, this this is a guy, he was going to be wide receiver number one, hands down. I mean, it, and he's a guy who, you know, could have been the wide receiver number one the last two, three years. Um, yeah. but th- with, ever without since he doubt, got to gringle Or yeah, ever we,
0: since he got to ECU.
1: Yes. But without a doubt, I mean, that room was going to be his room to take over. Uh, everybody in town, everybody around the program was going to expect for him to be the guy. Um, and you know, the, the photo was out there. If you want to know what, what it is or, or what he, what he's doing, it, it is out there for everybody to see. Um, I'm also not going to be naive, uh, to the fact that, you know, he is a college student. He is, he's, he is still a kid. I mean, he, he's a man, but he's a kid at the same time. Um, so, you know, I, what he was doing in the photo, if he was doing that, Um, it, it's not, you know. You shouldn't be ignorant to the fact that these kids, you know, are not doing these things. They are going out doing these things. They're partying. They're having a good time. Um, but you still cannot condone it. He still has to understand who he is, who he represents, um, the, you know, the kind of platform that he has. You, you just got to be smarter. You got to be better than that. Um, it, it sucks. I, I don't really have anything else to say, but it definitely sucks. I do hope that you know he can learn from this. He can get back on the right track. He doesn't beat himself too, you know, beat, beat himself up too much for it. Uh, because mistakes do happen. You know, we, we saw, you know, this this happened with Zay Jones a few years ago, where, you know, you know, he had the whole, you know, hotel hallway incident. And we've seen the way he has bounced back from that. So it's not impossible to bounce back. It's not impossible to to come back and, and, and rewrite the ship and 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 rewrite your wrongs. Um, I would love to see CJ Johnson be able to suit it up next next season in a pirate uniform. Uh, but most importantly, I just hope that he is getting back on track. He's doing the things that he needs to do uh for, for his health, for his stability, for his psyche. Uh, but it, it definitely sucks. The situation is is terrible.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I gotta think now with with his uh absence currently in the wide receiver room, you're you're looking now. I mean, that, that room is, is fairly thin. Josiah Hatfield is gonna probably be your your wide receiver one, a guy that I mean, he he doesn't have crazy stats he had 15 receptions last year 294 yards um he, he's gonna he's gonna have to probably step it up and yeah and fill some big shoes that are being left by tyler sneed and now uh the vacated cj johnson's role um, yeah i mean who, who else do you think uh stands out as maybe somebody that can step in fairly quickly and fill the fill those shoes
1: yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna be honest. If you were to tell me at the start of last season uh, that we'd be without Blake Pro, Tyler Sneed, and C.J. Johnson, um, I'd say, oh boy, <laughs> that that don't that don't look good. That doesn't sound too enticing. But if you're talking about players that's still in that that room that could step up, you know, obviously uh, Cy Hatfield, Audi uh, Omotosho is another one that I, that I think of that could really step up in the tight end room. I'd love to see Ryan Jones because he's basically. You know he's he's just a bigger wide receiver. Um, if if we're being about it, uh, a I'd love Pitt's to see tight. him step up. Yes, you know I, I'd I'd love to see him kind of step up to that role where he's kind of getting more more reps, more touches. Uh So those three: Cy Hatfield, Audi uh, Omatosho, Ryan Jones. Those are kind of the three I think of that would need to step up immediately and, and kind of play that bigger role. Uh, it is nice that we do have a thousand yard back. Uh, Ian and, and Keaton Mitchell, we still have Roger Harris in the backfield that they, they can catch passes out the backfield. So it's not like they're just running backs. Um, so, you know, we we're we're still OK. Uh, but losing C.J. Johnson, it, it hurts. It absolutely hurts.
0: Yeah. One of the guys that I've been kind of keeping up with ever since he was beginning to be recruited at ECU is this Tyler Savage kid. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm looking for him to kind of be the breakout guy um, this coming year. I I mean, he he was a freshman this past year going into a sophomore season. I I think he could be, I think he could be big audio Matosho still. I don't think he's ever announced whether he's, he's going to the draft or not. So um, he, I think he's, I think he still has another year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he sees, Hey, CJ Johnson may not be with the team now, so I can, uh, I I can continue to fill those shoes and, Really, be wide receiver one and and improve my draft stock. Right um, here, here at ECU, a, a team that's going to be really good. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. We, I mean, I'm hoping that C.J. Johnson gets his gets his stuff uh, situated um, and dealt with. I, I'm hoping that he can come to, back to the team. He, he's a good guy. Um, he, he carries himself with a lot of confidence. So, I, I really hope that. This isn't the end of his ECU career, mm-hmm. um, but if it is, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, um, we, we all make mistakes, and um, some some just cost more than others. Yeah. so yeah, um, that that's that's really all we got left on on the C.J. Johnson thing. But uh, already walked the plank.
1: Do you, you got to walk the plank this week? Um. Sort of, kind of. It's not really a walk the plank, but it is something that I kind of noticed that that looks a little fishy to me. Um, And and that's the NFL. We we talked about Brian Flores in the the lawsuit last week. Um, It just, I I don't know. The the NFL with with the new hirings, you know, Lovie Smith in in Houston. And and then I forget the guy that from San Francisco that just got hired to be Miami's uh, new head coach. He is biracial. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that but he is by Russia as a Black father. Um it, it just it, it feels like the NFL is trying to save face more so than trying to do the right thing and and I really hope that's that's not it. Oh well, you know, we we have this lawsuit. We got to save face. We got to do something really quick. Let's just go ahead and just, you know, hire these guys and if if we hire them and then they suck, then we can say, "Aha, I told you so." Because if we're being honest, Lovey Smith who and Chicago should have never fired Lovey Smith. I love Lovey Smith. He took us to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. I don't know how in the hell he took us to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, but he did it. I think he's a phenomenal coach. But the last time he was a head coach, he was in Illinois, and it did not go so well. It didn't go, it didn't go well at all. So the jury is still out on whether he can, you know, really be that guy. And I, I and I'm and I'm hoping this is not the case. I I, I really am, because I am rooting for everybody that has been hired, white or black. I'm rooting for everybody that, that that has just gotten a new head coaching gig in the NFL. Obviously gonna always be a Lovey Smith guy, uh, because he just was with my bears. That's that's the coach I knew growing up was, was Lovey Smith. So but it, it just it it feels fishy to me. I'm not gonna go all the way out there and, and, and go on some huge conspiracy theory. But um I, I just it looks like the NFL is trying to save face more so than actually do their due diligence. But we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, this is a tough week. I mean, to, to find and the NFL, it's always been sketchy. Um, I really don't know all the ins and outs of it, but like, like I said, last week, I I think some, someone always smells fishy. And then of course they, the NFL is fighting the lawsuit, but then they also sent out a memo to, to the teams.
1: Right, saying they need to do better and be better.
0: Yeah, so, so like, and w- on one side you're you're fighting it, but on the other side you're like, no, we do need to be better. You you can't. You're talking about both sides of your mouth. Like, what, what's going exactly, on there? Exactly. I mean, th- it's it's the world that we live in with Roger Goodell at, at the helm. Um. So, yeah, I I would say mine. Uh, I I don't really have a a good one. Um, this week. Other than MLB, you need to figure your shit out. Um, <laughs> like the MLB is now saying we're not negotiating. They're they're wanting to get a mediator in there, but they they're just not even trying to negotiate in good faith. So uh, MLB, Rob Manfred, gosh, I've, I don't know how many times Rob Manfred has been my walk the plank, but Rob Manfred walked the damn plank.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get you a sweatshirt a personalized Rob Manfred sweatshirt. I'm going to see if I can get him wearing an Atlanta Braves shirt or some sort of Atlanta Braves paraphernalia. He wouldn't. And and it's just going to say Rob Manfred is my guy. I'm just going to I'm just going to well, present it to you one day.
0: The, the city of Atlanta hates Rob Manfred for <laughs> moving the uh the All-Star game out of Atlanta last year. So, yeah, I mean Rob Manfred could hey, I mean if Rob Manfred was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him to put him out.
1: You talking about an incompetent commissioner. That that's probably the that he's number one. He's got to be the most incompetent commissioner. <laughs> I mean, in
0: sports, as much as I hate basketball and or hate the NBA, I would say Adam, Adam Silver is, is by far the the best commissioner in all of sports. Yes. Um, and as much as we shit on Roger Goodell, he's probably number two. Yes. And mm-hmm. then Gary Bettman. <laughs> Gary Bettman is good at times, but he, that's the commissioner of the NHL. He's, I mean, there, there's been things he's really grown the game since he, since he's been, since he's had the job in, since I believe 1993, um, Gary Bettman. But I mean, we're here. Look at here's, here's one. So the Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes, whatever they're calling themselves now, Artie This is another walk the plank. It came out last week before the all-star game that, so they don't have a, they've been kicked out of their arena or they're getting kicked out of their arena where they play games. Cause they couldn't pay their rent (laughs) because they can't pay their rent. Well, then they want the city of Tempe, Arizona to build like a $1.2 billion, like entertainment facility slash like arena with what money? taxpayers money that that's what they with
1: want what you ain't taking my money not exactly. to build no not to build no facility for a team that ain't doing nothing exactly
0: no. the phoenix suns have quite literally said we don't want to share a stadium with them
4: yeah
0: i mean so now arty there the the nhl has been it's been widely talked about that the nhl has what's called escrow the pay, the payer the jeez Jared spit it out the players have to pay escrow mm-hmm. to the owners right basically saying I, I believe it's at like 20 percent escrow right now where twenty percent of the players' paycheck goes back to the owners to help with with their profit sharing they give some of their money back to to the owners well that's because stadiums aren't full these arenas aren't full we're looking at you Canada. I mean, the Hurricanes played a game last night with 500 fans in attendance in Toronto because Canada's so backwards right now. They don't they don't have anybody there. They're playing again right now in Ottawa. Yeah. Well, I, I will say
1: the 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 Toronto situation I think is COVID. They're not letting fans into the stadium. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. That exactly. But that's that's a Canadian thing, and yeah. I mean, you look everywhere else, we're wide open. I mean, I probably shouldn't say this. Um, we might bs to be taken off spotify or whatever <laughs> but uh i mean i'm honestly already to me covid covid really isn't a thing anymore um i'm, well, I'm sorry
4: it's,
1: it's 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 more so of us as a society having to live with it now it, it's yeah. not so much about shutting down and and getting all up in arms and having you know oh well, my side is better than your side what i say on, on the matter either, yep we we have to learn to adapt, grow, and live with this situation. At, at exactly. This
0: point. Exactly. So, I mean, you got the NHL. Who I mean, Gary Bettman, in a, in a interview or in his press conference last week before the All Star Game, said, "You know, Canadian teams are looking to play in American markets right now because they can't have fans. They're losing a bunch of money." He says that, and then all of a sudden, that this is after the reports have come out that the Arizona Coyotes are going to play at Arizona State's hockey like, stadium <laughs> with 3,200 seats. In the NHL, you have to have at least, I believe it's 16,000 seats mm-hmm. in your arena. I think, I think that's the minimum. Maybe a little bit lower, maybe 15,000, but I think it's at least 15,000, 16,000 seats. Now they're going to grant special permission to the Arizona Coyotes, a team that barely, like they can't even give tickets away. Because one, they suck. Two, two, already, they don't have a fan base. They've been there for 25 years, 30 years, and they don't have a fan base. Yeah. They've never done anything decent. I mean, I think they made one Western Conference finals appearance in their 30 years of existence since they moved from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So move that team. Hell, move them to Houston. Move them. That team, it's proven they don't deserve a team. And people used to say the same thing about Carolina. Look, Carolina Carolina Hurricanes fans, say what you want about them. We've been – the loyal fans have been there since the start. I've been a Hurricanes fan through the dark days.
1: I was going to games in the dark days. Now I can't even get a ticket. Yeah, look. They're the hottest thing on the market. uh, Hurricanes fans are diehards. I, I, I remember when the Hurricanes were in Greensboro, and they were selling up the Greensboro Coliseum. This was before they even went to Raleigh. So, yeah, Hur- Hurricanes fans are are diehards. I will give them that. So people people
0: say say that about the Hurricanes. Well, no. We got teams like we got teams like the Arizona Coyotes who can't do anything. They can't get fans there. You got Flo- the Florida Panthers who are arguably one of the best teams in the league right now. They still can't get fans in there. And it's not because of COVID. It's because they they don't have a fan base. They don't have a real fan base. Hey, it's it's time to start thinking, or it's time to start thinking. Hey, let's maybe move these teams. So, yeah, look, Arizona Coyotes, Gary Bettman, you can also walk the damn plank. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Whoa, um, Artie, I wasn't even going to go down that route, but it's all good. Here we are, Artie. Uh, we got another interview. Yes. Um. So we got it, it, Artie. It's Super Bowl week. It is we Super talk Bowl. Talk about week. the
1: Super Bowl. Yes, sir, it is. Sunday it is night. Super Bowl week.
0: Uh Bengals Rams this weekend. Well, we got an ECU alumni who is also a Super Bowl champion mm-hmm. on the podcast. CJ Wilson. Yes, sir. Current head coach of the uh North Pitt football team. Mm-hmm. He's also uh like I said, an ECU alumni. Played for your Bears, played for played for the Packers, won a Super Bowl with the Packers mm-hmm. in 2010. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's send it over to our interview with C.J. Wilson. Super excited for this interview. Let's do it. This week on the Boneyard Podcast, we are pleased to be joined by none other than former ECU defensive lineman and Super Bowl champion from the 2010 Green Bay Packers, none other than Mr. C.J. Wilson. C.J., how's it going, my man?
5: Oh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Just, I'm Absolutely, you, thank you for having
0: the, the, me. the pleasure. The pleasure's is all ours. So, uh, CJ, we we wanted to have you on. Uh, I, I mean, what what better time to have you on than, I mean, to talk about the Super Bowl and and your time in the NFL, your your playing career. Uh, just kind of going through it. I mean, what what was it like going from from ECU and then and then into the into the pros and becoming a Super Bowl champion?
5: I would say it was um, from a championship team from college, you know, winning the conference championship to the NFL. There's no difference but the talent level, you know, but the same feelings you get mm-hmm. and whatnot, the same uh, uh, preparation you get to going into the game. is no different. But it, it's, it, it is a is diff- two different levels, you know, when it comes to, you know, college and, and NFL. But it was a great experience for, for to be able to say I was a conference champ and a NFL a Super Bowl champ.
1: Awesome. Now, CJ, you know, you, you played with the Green Bay Packers, you know, for, for a few years. That was the bulk of, of, of your career uh, professionally. You got to play with a guy named Aaron Rodgers. You got to play with a, a young Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what was it like playing with him? And, and was he a good teammate? Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of pundits out there that say that, you know, he's kind of for himself. Uh, so what, what was your opinion on Aaron and, and playing with him?
5: Uh I would say from day one, Aaron was a, a great outstanding guy. And um, you know, you're gonna always hear things, oh, he's this or he's that. But I would say coming from my 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 voice is my opinion that he was a great teammate. And um and lot like, you hear that a lot of a lot of times because he he do voice his opinion and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like that. They they don't like that in the NFL when you voice your opinion, they they want you to be in line and stay to what they want for every team. And when you start voicing your opinion and going, you know, contrary to what they want, that's when you hear start hearing things, you know, not a good teammate or this and that. But for the most part, Aaron Rodgers is a great guy, great teammate, and you see all, all the games he's won. He won the championship. He'll win more, I, I believe it. He'll win more. Great, a great teammate. I never had no problems with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think nobody would say they did have problems with him. Yeah.
0: Now I, I want to go back to to your time at, at ECU. I mean, you played under Coach Skip Holtz. Uh, I mean, that that was kind of during the uh, heyday, uh, uh, one of the f- better times in ECU football history. Uh, what was your experience at ECU? Uh,
5: my experience at ECU was uh, I got there right at the, I guess at the right time. You know, we they had uh, the year before. I got that two thousand. I got that two thousand six season, and the two thousand five they had won five games I think or maybe four. And um they had uh I think it was five, but they there was one game from going to a bowl game and then um I was with Skip first recruiting class. And um I got to the right time and just they needed help and guys like myself got a chance to, to play right away because Skip was bringing in his own guys, you know, technically and he wanted to build a build a foundation there. And and being that I got started so and played so young I got a lot of experience, a lot of great experience, and then when I'm about time my senior year, you saw the team we had. My junior senior year, we was, I mean, we was taking names. Yeah. And um, so it was, it was a great experience, you know. I, I thank Skip and God for giving me a second chance, you know, when it come to the academic side of the uh, game. But they really believed in me, believed in this team, and um, it is a great job, and it's great to see their things picking back up now. You know, with on the on the coach Houston, he's doing a great job now too. So, uh, hats off to those guys now.
1: Gotcha. Now, CJ, talk about some of you know your your fondest memories. You know, at ECU, and and kind of how it was like to be a part of you know that that ECU heyday where you know you guys were taking names, you guys were dominant, winning conference championships. I mean, what was what was that like?
5: Um, you know, I remember my our first breakthrough. We went to uh, Hawaii, and um and uh, we was there and. Coach Holtz, Ron Stewart, used to make everybody sing the fight song. You had to, you had to know your fight song, cheer for East Carolina, mm-hmm. cheer on for OEC. I, I, I know it by heart because you couldn't play on that team until you learned the, the fight song, and that was one of those things where you you, you learned it, but it, 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 you actually – I feel like it was like you're part of the family, and it, and it makes you respect East Carolina, the program, the jersey you wear. And so I remember – you know, playing against um, Boise State, and we was they was talking about how we was a community college. They was talking so much junk because they had won the previous year against Oklahoma. And um, <laughs> we sung our fight song, and we was like, I mean, we had a, a, you know, team versus team battle, whatnot. And we sung our fight song. We sung it with, with I mean, we sung it loud. And we, when we won that game, it was just, I, I could see that because we was young team then. You know, we had a lot of guys. We was all young, but that was I think was my one of my fondest memories because after that he was like, Okay, we just beat Boise State who beat Oklahoma last year. We we for real. And then after that we was we were pretty we was pretty we were rolling pretty good then after that. So that was one of my fondest memories think about the Hawaii Bowl, you know, talking about championship week.
0: Yeah, I mean, that what a comeback in, in that Hawaii bowl. I mean, to to be down uh how how you were in that game and then to come back. Uh what what were you thinking uh at, at the end of the game wa- watching the watching the team storm back? <laughs>
5: like everything. You know, it was like you said, we was We actually was up. Then we, we got down. We actually, right. we actually was up. They came back, tied the game and it was up. Yep. I think it was we was actually tied. And we we that's why I said we was a young team learning how to win. Because the rules of winning is, you know, when you want to win games, championships, it's rules in that. Mm-hmm. Learn how to finish. Learn how to, uh, you know, dominate your opponent. And that's, we didn't have that at that time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, we just had this team, you know, we was really doing really well. They just came all the right back. But just winning that game, like I said, it was like a, a, a turning point in our program. And I, I guarantee you can ask the coaches, they'll vouch for the same thing. That was a turning point from, Turned the corner, you might as well say we was been a good football team to a great football team. After that, we won that game. We pretty we did pretty well after that. I don't really we didn't we didn't actually go to comedy we didn't we didn't we went to a bowl game every year after that, but we ended up winning the conference championship my junior and senior year there after that because of I would say that turning point in that boys state game. Nice. Now you
1: now, know come
5: uh,
0: for, uh, Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Go, you go ahead. I, I I'll I'll ask my question after. Go ahead.
1: No, I, I was just gonna say, you know, coming from a, a pro athlete standpoint, you know, a lot of times, you know, we we ask pro athletes, you know, all about the highs and 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 the ups uh, of of a football career. But what were some of the frustrating aspects of of pro football and some of the letdowns that you had to deal with when you
5: uh, when you were in the pros? You know, professional, being a professional athlete, especially a football player, every day, the the the, the highs and lows. The, most of the lows are every day, seeing a guy come in that probably or maybe there to take your position take mm-hmm. your spot so every day you it's a it's a it's a day you got to prove yourself every single day every week and that can be and if you are not a guy that's like aaron Rodgers or the top top 10 on the team like you know when it comes to the, the financial side the money mm-hmm. you could be cut or traded or let go at any moment so you you talking about stress you know your job stress that's why it, but if you're playing good, take, you know, don't prepare really well and, you know, do what it takes, you'll be fine. But it was a lot of stress that goes into it. So that was one of the lows, you know, but the high is that, you know, commodity with the guys, making good money and doing what you love to do.
4: Nice.
0: Yeah. So the, the question I was going to ask, it's kind of a fun question. We've, uh, we had Chris Johnson on the podcast a couple months ago. And uh, that, I mean, that guy's a character. Uh, I-, I wanted to see if you had any fun stories about your time at ECU <laughs> with him,
5: <laughs> Chris Johnson. <laughs> I remember when I first met Chris Johnson. I didn't, you know, I was a, you know freshman, and, you know, <clears throat> and he was uh just become just becoming Chris Johnson. He wasn't Chris Johnson then. He was he that was the year he uh, I think it was his junior year. This when he had a breakout season mm-hmm. and became to Chris Johnson and we all we all know him to be. Right. But I remember sitting there talking to him before class talking to him where he came from and ask him questions. You know, where you come from, man, where he, you know, just talking to him. He was a real cool guy. And um he was more quiet. You you really people think you know Chris Johnson, but you really don't. He was a quiet guy. And um funny guy joke around. But that was my one of my fondest memories of Chris Johnson just talking to him before class, having a deep conversation, you know, coming from where he came from, telling him about the injury he had and he didn't know who I was either. <laughs> you know, we were just talking to each other, just just sitting there talking because in college, you you understand you play the game. In college in in NFL, you don't really see the the, the opposite side of you know you on defense right. you don't talk to offensive guys mm-hmm. and so forth because it's, the team is such a big team you just you separate it. So that was one of the only time I really talked to him unless that we you know outside of football. But you know you don't really see that guy unless you hit him you know across the head you know, in practice or something like that. <laughs> But that was one of my only remember I have with Chris Johnson, you know, in, in college. I talked to him a lot of times and I played against him in pros, though. But
4: do you, you
0: ever get a chance to lay, lay on to him uh, in practice? Yeah, I
5: actually I tackled him. I got tackled Chris Johnson a few times, you know, different changes. <laughs> and we always laughed, man. What's up, Chris? We talk about after the game, talk about life and how, you know, what we try and do, accomplish and try and, you know, stay stay in and whatnot. So I got a chance to um, see him a few times in um NFL.
1: Got you. And are there are there any of your teammates you know you know from your ECU days that you still keep up with still you know call still hang out with you know are are there any of those guys that you still get uh get up with?
5: Uh, I would say that I just Scott some of my some of the defense alignment I played with Scotty Robinson Jay Ross we still we I won't say on a daily basis because life you know changes we go on and, and a lot of guys got out of football but I was still playing meeting mm-hmm. other guys and so. Uh, we still talk though like we said we're trying to get to get together on a, a trip sometime i think we said we try to do it this year nice. but a lot of guys you know life happens you know you get married have a family start another career and you know and so a lot of guys i didn't i wouldn't say keep up keep up with them on a uh talking basis but i definitely keep up on social media and see what they you know see how they how they uh their life is you know kids and family stuff like that gotcha
0: yeah, that that's one of the things that I mean I'm I'm always interested in. I mean, hearing about how, how the alumni are with the current staff and current players. Uh I mean, now now you're back in Pitt County and, and you're you're coaching North Pitt. What are are you ever talking to any of the guys or are you ever able to get involved or what what's that what's that like?
5: Well, you know, uh you gotta stand, Coach Houston wasn't here when I was here. Right. You know, with Coach Ruffin. And those guys, they got they own guys that was here, you know, that was under Coach Ruffin and now Coach Houston, you know, uh one of the guys in the NFL. Now getting can't if I think. Can. And so, you know, you got to have a you got the alumni program. They do a great job of reaching out and they're trying to do it a lot better because before they didn't have it. But uh but still I I got a chance to uh, meet and sit and talk to Coach Houston and um have a great conversation with him. And as far as the players, you know, you don't really have no dealing with them because like I said, we just now getting a uh, alumni program. But funny thing is, I got two nephews on the football team there, East, East Carolina, and they'll be playing this year. Uh, one on offense, one on defense. So that's probably the only way I I, I know some of the other players. I guess you you might say. Gotcha. Sure. Sure.
1: Now, now talking about your pro days, you know, you you played, you know, for the Packers, Raiders, Saints, uh, Lions, my Chicago Bears. Uh, so you you know you you were you were a traveled veteran. Uh, what? was the best organization that you played for during your time in, in, in pro football and maybe your favorite city.
5: <laughs> That's a good one because you, you <laughs> got, because you got to break it down the categories. You just can't say overall, but mm-hmm. you got a team that was served the best food. You got a team that had the best city. You got a team that had the best teammates, the team that mm-hmm. had, you know, different memories, I will say, but, um, your first is always the best and the package was the best organization because, you know they had there was a, a one-stop shop you know we went to work and our our practice facility was right beside our stadium and um you had to pay for parking you didn't have to worry about my breaking your car robbing yeah. you <laughs> the taxes were low you know but when you go to california per se uh you know everything was three four times higher the you know the rent the gas you know food everything was it you paint it's like you're not making a set you a guy making $100 in California and a guy making $100 in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. The guy in Green Bay making way more money than the guy in California because of yeah. the cost of living. So it's like, I feel like they should definitely, I don't know why they haven't made that rule anyway to change that pay scale. So the guy, you know, so it's even because it's not even. So I would say, but the weather's nice. You know, the weather was always nice in California. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But I had to give it to Green Bay. Chicago, talk about Chicago Bears. They had, I, I think Chicago had the best food for sure. They had the best. Yeah. <laughs> to to oh yeah! It was like wow. They they had a great setup too there. On um, but own thing is game time. got drive over to the city. You know, saying it's like it's not a. You don't feel like a home. You know, I don't feel like Green Bay was like more You Like feel like Greenville a little bit. You know, with in yeah. the Pirates country fire. You know, you you love it. Fans are like more. Uh, I guess loyal. I guess you could say. But Green Bay was my favorite. Nice.
0: Now, one of the questions I always like to ask a professional or a former professional athlete is. What was what was that one moment? I mean, you, you hear it all the time. What was that one moment when you realized, man, I'm in the NFL?
3: That moment was,
5: you know, we was uh, my, it was my rookie year coming out. We was warming up. I looked across the field, and I saw that I saw the star. <laughs> when you saw the star, I was like, oh man, we I'm really about to play against the Cowboys. And, you know, <laughs> that, was my, that was my, like, wow, you know, I mean, I'm i in the NFL moment when I saw the Cowboys out there and a uh, woman up. And just seeing all the players, you know, like uh, Peyton Manning, just get this, you know, when I sit back and think of my career, why I played against and played with a lot of Hall of Famers, a lot of great players, and the stories and the work ethic, just, just the things I've seen from the great, the good, and average players, you know, their, their tendencies and stuff like that. But that was my moment right there just seeing the uh the Cowboys that star in their helmet that was like wow I'm in the NFL.
1: And and CJ kind of going off that, you know, you were you were drafted by Green Bay 230th overall. Kind of explain to us what was draft day like for you? What was it like getting that call and knowing that you were about to go to the pros, you're about to go strap it up and play for such a prestigious, you know, organization like Green Bay. What was what was that day like?
3: That day was very stressful,
5: honestly,
4: <laughs>
5: because looking back, we had two draft classes in one, and so it made it messed it up for me and all the other guys. Like, oh man, you know, because they was getting ready to have a lockout the next year, mm-hmm. and the, all the all the agents were telling the uh, the juniors, "You better come out because they're gonna change the pay scale." So every all the juniors, everybody came out at the same time, and so. Everybody that got drafted was great players. I think even the free age, everybody it was like two classes in one because all the guys that were supposed to come to next year, 2011 draft class, came out in 2010, mm-hmm. more than what it would be like today. And it was very stressful, man, just very stressful seeing my name drop down so low and whatnot. But it is what it is. You go look at my stats and other guys, it's like, wow. And, and, and it's a business. It really is a business. <clears throat> but I, I just took had a chip on my shoulder. It's like, you know, I'm going to play great. And I'm gonna, um, you know, make them believe, make them feel like they should have took me uh, earlier. And I had a great, a great career. I did seven years, seven yep. seasons in the field, and and, and most guys on the do two, three, it's, it's hard to stay, hard to make it, hard to stay. Right. So it was very stressful, man. That's why I wouldn't want to repeat that over ever, ever again in my life. It was that, that <laughs> it was that stressful, you know. Not knowing if you can get drafted, you know, just stressful, feel like that. Gotcha. Interesting take. I love to hear it.
0: Now. CJ, I want to ask you. So you're you're back in Pitt County. You're you're the head coach at North Pitt now. Uh, what what do you, what do you take from maybe any of your coaches to to use like as as a coach now at the high school level?
3: Well,
5: you got to understand. You know, college and professional different different levels, but right. All in all, it's still football, and and I and I think that. What I do know, you know, with, with doing all, all, playing all those levels like that, meeting all those people and seeing, like I said, the work ethic from different players, different, you know, even coaches, is that you put it all in one and, and you just got to condense it down to be able to teach it, make it simple for the coaches and players, but to, you know, make it simple and then just go out and execute what all the things I saw. And just, that's the hardest thing what I'm learning right now, just how do I, when I'm approaching it, I'm going to coach it. I'm going to teach it. Just just breaking it all in one. Just trying to be the best coach, player, you know, second deck. A lot of guys don't have a, a, a father anyway. We know that. And just not just trying to be a coach on the field because coaching is, on the field is it's, it's only, you know, we only what, start in August, go to December, but the rest of the time, what are you doing? And that's when you got to have a relationship with, with God. I um, mean, mm-hmm. the guys and just teaching them about Christ, you know, just about life and, and being their best you know all the time not just for football but just trying to make something themselves and that's what i'm I'm really enjoying on a daily basis because at the end of the day if you ain't giving back then i mean what do you really have you know what are you really doing
1: and, and would you say coaching is harder than being a pro athlete or, or even more rewarding than being a pro athlete
5: i would say it's more rewarding being a pro athlete is very hard <laughs> because like I said, they try to replace yeah. you every day. <laughs> coaching, coaching—you know—you got some coaches that just drag out there in August and throw the ball around, and they—they they stay happy with winning seven games. You know, they don't—they don't, they don't really—they—they—they—they they, they, they feel like they put in a lot of it, but they're not. But when you're playing professionally, you got to produce every night, a daily, mm-hmm. every 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 Sunday. Whenever you play, you got to produce. But coaching is is more rewarding because you get to see God even yet even now. I was there last year. I get to see guys, you know, that I help, you know, coach. Um, the little idea, you know, become they seniors now, get ready to graduate. I get to say, you know, where you going, man? You know, if you ever need something, just let me know. As coach, I had one guy write me a letter, a long letter. He had, uh, I guess, he got in some trouble. From a long letter, tell me how he just thanked me for everything I told him. He' gonna try to do better. So it's already rewarding. I'm already getting that the those rewards back now of seeing the guys come together and you know, growing as, as, as become, become a man from boys, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, CJ, do you, do you see yourself, uh, one, I mean, do you, do you see yourself as somebody that would maybe want to take the step to the next level and consider coaching at, at maybe the college level or getting into the pros?
5: Well, you know what, you know, I think the best coaches are the ones that play the game because you get the, you know, especially at a position of coach you've done it and whatnot so like when i watched it you know collegiate level now it's so slow and it's so like predictable you know because you've not seen it so many times and you know it's coming um but um i thought about it and my brother-in-law asked me just just tonight if i thought about you know going to the next level and i i don't know i don't i really don't know i can't tell you because i'm enjoying i mean i really am enjoying the coaching coaching but See, you gotta understand, college and, and NFL, your time, you there all day. Mm-hmm. When I mean all day, you are there from six a.m. to probably six p.m. And that's a year-round thing. But high school is different, and I get to enjoy my family. And so you can't have, you can't have. I, I don't, I don't think you can have best of both worlds. You can't do it. And I take my time, any time over a job or money. So right now, I enjoy my my wife, my daughter. I just got married last year. Congratulations. And, uh, Thank you, thank you, and I'm enjoying my 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 first my first daughter, my first child, and wow. just to be able to spend time with her on a daily basis. Oh man, I wouldn't give that up for the world. Right, and, you know. So I, I would say I I I don't know because at the end of the day, once she gets older, we we'd have had our kids, and I've been coaching for a, a good while, maybe. But as of right now, I, I I'm enjoying high school. You know, uh, just to be able to go out there and help the young guy because. That's the most critical time in a a young person's life. I remember college, I remember NFL, but I'm never going to forget high school. And that's how I feel. So right now I got a chance to really be a a, a great influence in these guys' lives. So I'm going to do what what it takes to to make them be successful. That's
4: awesome. For
0: sure. Now, CJ, we have one more question for you. Okay. Um, Have you been to Sup Dogs?
5: Yes, man, I love Sup Dogs. <laughs> awesome. I went there one time. My first—I never went there when I was in college. That's—that's—that's that's, that's crazy. I never well, went there when yeah, I was in college. It, it wasn't—I don't was think so it was around way, when you, you
0: know? were. I don't think it. I think because they were founded, I think in 2012. So you—I don't think you would have been there. Um. So we we ask all of our guests this, um, mm-hmm. that have spent time in Greenville, or that are that are from Greenville, um. We we ask th- this is the hardest question. We tell all of our guests this is the hardest question. Okay. All right. So, if you go to Sup Dogs, let, let's say that um, you go to an EC football game, Pirates get a big victory over NC State, and uh, you you want to go celebrate. You go you go to Sup Dogs, get some dinner, maybe get some drinks. Uh, what what are you ordering at Sup Dogs? Okay.
5: You only go order what you, you got to order hot dog. You know, I went there. You got to order a hot dog, and um, <laughs> I got I, I got to tell you, I went there with my um uh, two my two or three of my nephews and um uh, my agent and two or three of my brothers and um it was my first time and I ordered the hot dog and French fries and um just blown away, just blown away. I was like, wow, I can see why why this place is you know ranked top. It's it's, it's ranked pretty one of the, one of the best restaurants I guess and and especially no especially bars. In North Carolina, I've seen you know them rate, rating it and everything and voting for it. And once you get, once you go in there, you get the experience. You know, wow, okay, I really like this place, and, yeah. and I I would definitely come back. I don't have nothing bad to say about Sup Dogs at all. Maybe just it was just too many people when I went. Yeah, <laughs> always too many people. Yeah, it's hard to get a
0: table at times. But uh, yeah, next time next time we're in Greenville, uh, we'll we'll hit you up and maybe we get together for oh some yeah yeah that'd else. be nice
5: that'd be nice do that
0: definitely. Definitely. Well, CJ, thank you for your time. Best of luck uh this this coming season in in coaching high school football. Um we we thank you again for your time.
5: I appreciate you guys having me on. And you guys I will be listening for your show uh in the future. Thank you. Guys. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Once again, that was our interview with C.J. Wilson, ECU great NFL Super Bowl champion. I mean, already, anytime we can talk to somebody that, I mean, has a ring, it's always great, especially mm-hmm. when, when they're an ECU alum. So, yeah, uh, what, what do you think about that interview?
1: Yeah, I mean, just getting a perspective from a pro, somebody who's done it, somebody who's, who's been doing it for, you know, quite a, quite a long time at this point. He's, he's not a rookie. He's a veteran. And uh, just being able to sit down, talk with him, talk about his coaching, and and just talk about his career, uh, just amazing. So uh, yeah,
0: we we talked about it before that interview. Super Bowl Fifty Six Sunday night uh, in LA. Artie, any thoughts going into this game, Bengals Rams?
1: Well, first and foremost, shout out Deontay Smith. That's 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 what we got. That's what we got to mention first. Deontay Smith, ECU alum, proud ECU pirate, going to be playing number seventy for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, going to be playing in that game. So I feel like anybody and everybody who is a pirate probably should be on the Cincinnati Bengals train, unless you are from LA or have ties to the Rams. But outside of that, you should be pulling for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I am super, super excited for this game. I've been on the Bengals bandwagon since, you know, their their first playoff game against the Vegas Raiders. No reason for me to jump off now. So let's go Bengals. I
0: mean, yeah, Joe Burrow is just a complete mood. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, when I grow up, I want to be Joe Burrow. The the swag, the drip, the play, all of it. Like Joe Joe Burrow, he he's he's got it down. I don't. I, he's he's got to have at least six to ten black friends because that that the man's drip and swag is just is beyond me. Like he got better swag than me. So, well,
0: that but, doesn't take much. Uh, well, that's just cruel.
1: <laughs> I got, a little, I got already, a little bit.
0: There's times I have more drip than you.
1: I got a little bit. No, not not the vineyard vines out here talking. Come on now.
0: Come on now, Artie. Look
3: at look at this. Look at this.
1: I, I,
0: noticed,
1: I see you. I see you growing a baby stash over there. Baby stash, man. I see, I'm, I see you I'm growing a baby this stash. Thing. It's cute. Uh,
0: so yeah, Artie. One of the, one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl is the prop bets. hmm Um, always like looking at them. Always think they're interesting. They're fun to talk about, even if you're not a fan of football, even if you don't really care about the game. It's something that you can be interested in along or through the game. So uh, l- let's go through some of these, okay? Let's do it. Um, all right, so Mickey Guyton, do you know who that is? Nope. nope. So sh- she is a country music singer. Um, I actually saw her. So um, I, I think she may be the only, like, black female country music singer out there right now. I, I saw her in concert about three or four years ago when she was first coming up. She, I mean, she's a, I think four time Grammy winner. Yeah. Um,
1: Oh, th- so, this, this is the woman that you played on our way to Annapolis. Okay. Yeah, uh, yes. You, you, you would yes, tell me about her. Yes. Yeah Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So, um, she is, she's singing the national anthem. Okay. Okay. Um, so, The over-under for the National Anthem is 95 seconds. Mm. The over is uh, minus 130. The under is plus 110. Here's where I'll caution people. So I believe it's the last 11 Super Bowls. The over has hit. Okay. Okay. It's been over 95 seconds for the National Anthem. Here's where I'll caution you. I believe Mickey Gaines sang the National Anthem four or five times. And every time she sang it, she's been way under. She's actually earned the nickname Quickie Mickey (laughs) because of her singing of the National Anthem. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to take the under at plus 110 Okay. just for that.
1: Look, you know, usually when you have these these big games or the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl, you know, the Stanley Cup, all that, People like to get extra with the national anthem. That's probably why it goes over ninety five a lot because they like to get cute with it. They like to get extra. They don't just sing it straight, you know. They, they they like to put in their runs. They like to they like to do all this little extra stuff with it. But I'm gonna go with you on this though. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under as well because if 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 they calling her quickie Mickey, why would she switch up now? So,
0: <laughs> all right. Um, head your tails.
1: Ooh for the coin toss. It's always heads. I, every time I do, every time I do a coin toss, I'm always picking heads. I don't think I've ever picked tails in my life. I always, do. I always go heads.
0: Tails never fails. Always go heads. That bet is at minus one hundred five. Of course, it's a fifty fifty prop. So absolutely, they're both at they both at, both at m- minus one hundred five. How long will Cooper Cup's longest reception be? Mm. Over 28 and a half yards is minus 115, and then under
1: 28 and a half yards is minus 115. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, if you take the under on this, and you're right, you know how much money you're going to win? Because everybody is expecting him to get it at least over 28 and a half yards on his longest reception. Has he had a game this season where he didn't catch anything over 28 and a half yards? He's always catching bombs. I'd fully expect him to get a 40 or 50-yard bomb in this game. Fully expect that.
0: So he's had a reception over twenty nine yards in fifteen of Los Angeles's twenty games so far this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost a given he's going to get something over twenty eight yards. So, I look, it, I I I will take the over because I absolutely believe he's going to do it. But if you take the under and you're right, you got a nice little payday coming your way.
0: All right. How many commercials will feature
3: a dog? Mm. Over six and a half plus one fifteen, under six and a half plus one hundred five. I'm taking the I'm taking the under. You always got those
1: Budweiser commercials with the dogs, so now that's okay. that's gonna be at least two. I'm trying to think of. I mean, you're gonna have some random r- random commercials probably with a, with a few dogs. I think you get four or five. I'm gonna take the under.
0: All right, all right. So here's a good one. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage during the halftime ah! show?
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Honestly, if you've got any money and you're wanting to put it on anything in this game, put it on yes. Even if it's, I mean, even if it's, what, $10? Put it on yes. It's plus 200 I mean, when you have Snoop Dogg in L.A., and he has the opportunity to smoke on stage. Yeah, like the NFL's like gone a little bit lax on on their on their drug imaging and and whatnot. Like <laughs> they don't test. As, uh, do they even test for weed anymore in the
1: NFL? I don't think so. I, I have no idea. I know I they no don't idea. in the NBA,
0: but I don't think they do in the NFL anymore. I mean. So, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say yes.
1: It's funny that you that you bring up Snoop Dogg because I was actually watching a documentary last night. It was it was a comedy documentary and it had Snoop Dogg in. It. He was with Tiffany Haddish and he was smoking a blunt during the entire documentary. Like he was he was rolling up and smoking a blunt. He, had, he probably smoked like two or three blunts the entire documentary. He, he like he didn't go a single segment without having something as it pertains to weed in his hand. But I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a super bowl. Kids gonna be watching. He he's not gonna he's not gonna light up on stage. I, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. All right, this is the same
0: this is the same man that dropped like an a hard F bomb <laughs> on like live during an NHL like
1: intermission. I I I know Snoop Dogg himself does not he does not care. If if he could if he could light up, he's gonna light up. Like him. Then he's gonna light up. He, he doesn't care, care. And, and, and he's in LA they're not gonna do nothing to him anyway if he does but i i don't know i don't i don't i don't see it i don't see it for some reason i don't think he's gonna do it i don't think he likes I,
0: I i think he, i think he does it for sure <laughs> i if if it was plus one thousand i would still i would be putting my money on it like i i def, I, I think he does it like you think I, he does it i i'm I I think he does, yeah. I, I, I just, think
1: I think for some reason it's the Super Bowl and it's like one of those things. I mean, where it's
0: like, he, he's gonna be out there. Who who else is? He's got Eminem, Mary J Blige. Like, isn't Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Lamar? Yep. Is Dre in it?
1: Yeah, doc, Dr. Dre is is gonna be there as well. Yeah.
0: So yeah,
1: hell, it wouldn't surprise me if they all came out smoking weed. Yeah, that 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 is true. I I I could I could I would not be shocked. Look, I was eight years old when I saw Janet Jackson's boob. Honestly,
0: Artie, honestly, that like we've come so far. Like somebody, like if somebody came out without a shirt on, like a woman came out without a shirt on during the NFL halftime show, Super Bowl halftime show. I would not be shocked. I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, (laughs) All right. And then lastly, Ari, here's the toughest one. Mm -hmm. What color Gatorade will be poured on the winning
1: coach? Oh, God. It's got to be orange. It's got to be orange. Orange orange, orange
0: That's
1: that's championship Gatorade right there. It's got to be orange. Well, last year it was blue. Blue's a close second. It it damn sure better not be green. It 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 better not be that nasty... Lime now, Green. Now,
0: Lime Green and Yellow are plus 350. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, outside of Orange, that, that's the second best odds for it to happen. Um, Blue, Red, and Purple? It's not going to be Purple. It's not going to be Purple.
4: No. It's not going to be uh, Red I, either. I don't, uh, red. I don't see Red.
0: I mean, Red, it, it stains. It. It doesn't look right. good. Yeah. Like, blue it doesn't show up same thing with same thing with like the green or yellow like it it doesn't really show up like against the white jerseys or whatever so yeah give me I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take either blue or I'm gonna
1: take water I was I was gonna say it could be clear it could just be water it absolutely could I've seen I've seen a bunch of times where it's just water but if it's if it's gonna be a colored Gatorade it's got to be orange, in my That That's championship Gatorade right there. It's got to be orange.
0: How about this? If it's purple, if it's purple, you let me dump a purple
1: bucket of Gatorade on you. Bet. We can we can do a live. We can go we can go full live stream. If with it's
0: per- it, and then you pick a color, and I'll, I'll not orange or not pick pick a color. I'll I'll do red. If it's red, I'll I'll let you do a red one on me. Okay, that's cool. I can do. Red. I was gonna say green, but I can. I can do red. Yeah, but see the green. The green is like the second best odds. I'm taking. I'm taking two that are plus five hundred. Okay, red and purple. If it's red, pour it on me. If it's purple, pour it on you. All
3: right, that's fair.
0: All right, that's bet. fair. I'll take that. All right, yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. Um. So yeah, already. And then last but not least, the Bengals Rams game, the Super Bowl. The big game, I think we're supposed to be calling it because we don't have rights to the Super Bowl. Um Rams are minus four and a half. The over under is forty eight and a half.
1: What are your thoughts? Yeah, like I said, I think the Rams are the better team. Agreed. But I've been I've been riding this Bengals, this Bengals train since the playoffs started. I'm not getting off now. Um I just I they feel like a team of destiny. They 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 went in the arrowhead. They beat up on Patrick Mahomes. They shut him out in the second half, pretty much. They won the AFC Championship. Like, they just feel like a team of destiny. Don't, don't get me wrong. Cincinnati's Achilles Hill is that offensive line. Yep. And the combination of Aaron Donald and Von Miller absolutely terrifies me. I, I, I would not be shocked if Joe Burrow gets sacked ten times. As a matter of fact, I expect Joe Burrow to get sacked ten times in this game. I just don't know if it's gonna matter. I still think he's gonna be able to make the plays with his legs, with his arms. It's gonna be a close game. I really don't think it's gonna be that high scoring. I, I think it might be like a 27-24, 24-20 kind of kind of ball game. Uh, but give me the Bengals. And I'm and I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take them 24-20. Cincinnati is gonna be your Super Bowl champions. Wow with a 20, 24 to 20 victory.
0: They're gonna burn down Cincinnati.
1: Yes, as they uh, should.
3: Oh man, um,
0: fuck it. I'm with you.
4: Yeah,
1: (laughs) like I'm not getting off the train now. I'm not getting. I mean,
0: I've been on the train the whole time. I've said it from the get go. The Bengals are going to win every single week. I I just they got that swagger. Mm -hmm. I mean, you tell me who would you rather have a drink with, Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford? Not even close. Not even close, Joe Burrow
3: not even close I mean I'm, I
0: already what are the odds that after the game Joe Burrow has a celebratory, celebratory blunt with uh with, with Snoop with Snoop and then his, his boy Kid Cuddy.
1: you know that that'll probably happen but it won't be on the cameras we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see Hold Joe no. with a, we'll we'll see Joe with a cigar in his hand yep. after after the Super Bowl that's that's what we'll see but but the blunt will probably happen i could promise him him and Jamar Chase We'll probably be together smoking the blunt together. So,
0: yeah, uh, uh, give me give me that inject it all in my veins. Um, so yeah, Artie, great episode, a long episode. Um, we we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, go Bengals! Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts?
1: That's all I got. Enjoy your weekend, people. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and don't forget we got ECU baseball coming up. Let's get it. I'm glad yeah.
0: you mentioned that, Artie. I'm glad you mentioned that. Actually, what's up, everybody? When you hear next week's episode, it's going to sound a little bit different because you think, "Oh, it's the week after the Super Bowl." They're probably going to talk about the Super Bowl just a little bit. We don't. We're we're recording the episode before the Super Bowl even happens.
4: Yes.
3: Um.
0: We're we're recording next week's episode tomorrow. Um. We got some great guests. We got uh, none other than Coach O, Dr. Mm-hmm. Gary Overton, on the podcast. We've already interviewed him. Also, D one baseballs. Aaron Fit coming mm-hmm. on the podcast second time. Going to be great. I'll be in Disney. I'll be in Disney for the Super Bowl. Um, Riding the teacups. Yep, on the teacups. Apparently, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll come back with some Mickey Mouse ears. I don't even know. If <laughs> they make some to fit my noggin. Uh, but yeah. So next week's episode will be pre recorded, but we are going to go in depth looking at ECU baseball on their way to omaha
4: yes
1: sir all right
0: um already it's gonna be a good episode make sure everybody follow us on social media twitter instagram at boneyard podcast uh at facebook at boneyard podcast do that leave us a five-star review and yeah that, that's all i got
1: deuce peace